0: You don't have to fear. You can trust him. He is so good. How many of you know that you can trust him today? Listen, if you don't know before this day is over with, all you've got to say is, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me my sins. Help me to trust you and live your way. Come on, that's all. It's so simple. Come on, let's sing this. I will not fear when the waters.
1: When the waters dry, Star, the is
0: louder than Come on, do you know what that feels like? I do And though I
1: may not see yeah. You are here with me
0: Come on, he will never leave you My hope is done Come on, I want you to say that again. When the waves are high,
1: when the waters rise. rise Yes,
0: when the waves rain when won't When the rain won't stop. When the
1: wind
0: is on Your hope cannot change. My hope is by the storm. Come on, that is pure faith. Come on, all praise. Might disappoint you so much. But Jesus, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, He doesn't know how to fail you. Come on, He is there. He's never left you. We're the ones that run and hide when things get hard. We're the ones that run and hide when we've done wrong. Jesus is still there. And no matter what you're going through, it will change. You just hold on to that anchor of your soul. Let's say this, I know. And
1: I know the storm will break. It will. I know the dark will fade. Everything will change. So I'm not afraid. No, I'm not. Say it again. I know. I know,
0: I know the storm will break. come on, it won't last forever. There, I know it'll happen. Everything, yeah. will change. Everything
1: can change,
0: so no, I'm not afraid no, I'm not Say it again, afraid. I know,
1: cause I know the storm.
0: Gotta praise. That you would draw people to you, God. We lift you up in this place, God. Come on, Your presence.
1: Your presence is all I need. Tell him. It's
0: He is so worthy. It's not based on feelings. He is just worthy. Whether we feel like it or not, whether things are going great or not, He's worthy. He's worthy when the storms are raging, when you're sick in your body, when you've lost relationships with people closest to you. He's still worthy, right? There's nobody like Him. And if you want to get through those hard situations, you have got praise. Listen, praise is all forms. It's not just music. It's trust. Right? It's gratefulness. It's living your life, exalting Him and glorifying Him even when it feels awful. Even when you're mad. It's okay to be mad. Get mad. Just trust Jesus. Right? And don't react. It's okay. He understands our feelings. But there's a way out. He always makes a way out. Because He's God. And there is nobody like him There is no god like our God He is so good he's so faithful Let's sing
1: There will be no
0: day, we choose. We make the choice to worship you. We make the choice to trust you. Listen, my dad always said, you don't feel your way into behaviors. You behave your way into feelings. So when you worship him, you take on that behavior of worship, if you will. The feelings will eventually come if they're not there. You can't trust feelings. What does the word say about the heart? The heart's deceptive. It will mess you up. It will trick you. Those feelings will make you do things you wish you hadn't done, make you say things you wish you hadn't said, make you react them with ways you wish you could take back. Feelings will mess you up. So even when it's hard, what do we do? We put on a happy face and we behave in certain ways to not show our feelings, right? Well, when you worship in Jesus, listen, it does not always feel good. I'm tired right now. I've been taking care of elderly parents all week. I've been gone all week. I'm tired. But you know what? (laughs) He's worthy, right? That's why I'm all over the place up here. I'm so sick of being confined by this keyboard. I want the Lord to send us a piano player. I'm not playing now. Listen. But you worship anyway. And the feelings come. Right now, I feel great. I feel energized. I feel like I just had a, I don't know, a massage or something. Because why? In His presence is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. Come on, right? It is all connected. When you worship, He can take care of you. But you got to do something. We just don't Oh, bless me. Do whatever you're going to do. Give it to me, Santa. No, ma'am, got to do something. Work. Put in some work. Choose to praise when it doesn't feel good. Choose to react in a godly way when it doesn't feel good. Choose. Choose to glorify God, and he will take care of you. It is really that simple. It may not feel it, but it is, because he is good, and he is worthy, and he is God. Amen? Do you believe that today? Yes, amen. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good.
2: Praise God. Praise God. You guys may be uh, returned to your seats. We are going to enter into our time of giving. Another form of worship today as we honor God with our tithes and our offerings. Thank you, Bradley. Will you guys, once you're getting your money ready, will you please stand with me as we read this scripture today that we believe is truth, and we stand upon truth today. We don't just worship in spirit; we worship in spirit and in truth. Will you please stand with me. Read with me. But this I say: He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, you may give. Alright, at this time children's church can be dismissed. Is that you, Miss Marty? Children's Church dismissed in the back with Miss Marty. Will you please hold your hand up, Miss Marty, for all the churns? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm not sure where my wife is, but y'all, today is our second anniversary, wedding anniversary. Praise God for a healthy marriage, healthy family. Um, two years in, gonna have two babies. I pray that's not a trend. <laughs> don't know how much my earthly body can take of this parenting thing already. So let's pray by year three, there's not another one. And if it is, God, give me the energy and grace to do it. Lots of joy. Yes. Yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> yeah. Lots of joy and training and trials and perseverance and all those beautiful things Scripture talks about we don't like to actually experience. Um, Our Resurrection Seed Offering is coming up very quickly. I had told you guys to be praying about that, to be praying about um, how much the Lord is telling you to give. I will have updates on what that's going to be going towards. uh, Hopefully by next Sunday, go ahead and have an actual specific project that's going towards for you guys to start praying about. Um, Start praying about that because that is our big offering of the year where we are praying, um, seeking God and what we're giving into this ministry for the season to come because it's important to sow, like we just talked about. In order to reap, we cannot be wishful thinkers. We must be doers. Um, have you been praying through your prayer links this week? Anybody? Do you have your prayer link with you? Anybody? Anybody have it with them? Oh man, guys. Yes, we're Pastor Betty. Yes, we're, we're praying through our prayer guys together. But listen, will you stand with me today as we pray over day fourteen? Day fourteen. Will you please stand with me? Today we are praying over our short-term missionaries, short-term missionaries. We are praying over them today. Will you please raise your hands to heaven with me? Father God, we thank you for those who have uh, answered the call to go. And Father God, even though they are short-term, I pray that you bring so much fruitfulness from that time they spend there. I pray against the spirit of being a tourist where we just go to be there. But God, I pray the true spirit of a missionary would be in their hearts, that their desire and passion is to see churches established, Christians being being brought into the family and people discipled God. And I just pray for strong churches to rise up all over the world. We don't need more churches. We need stronger churches. So God, I just pray that you would put that passion and desire in their hearts that even though they are short term, let them have long term goals for the missions they are planning, Lord God. Don't let them just go to do something short term but let that ministry last for the long game, Lord. Lord, let it be incremental in bringing you back, Lord Jesus, that those would hear the gospel, Lord, and you would just give them a new fervor and being led by the Spirit in new ways to take the gospel to places it's never been. So, God, we just pray over these these short-term missionaries, God. Lord, God, we just pray that you would give them peace and comfort in whatever they're facing. Your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Miss Joanne, will you come up here? Y'all, y'all, I love Miss Joanne so much. Um, Miss Joanne called me Wednesday or Tuesday, I believe. Miss Joanne, you can come up here. Um, I can't can't remember which day she called me. But can I tell you that Miss Joanne is a friend of a pastor. When you need encouragement, y'all, I need encouragement. Literally, she had no idea. I needed encouragement that day. And guess who gave me a ring on my cell phone? Miss Joanne said that, What happened last Sunday um, when I was talking about discipleship, she said it touched her heart and she wanted to share from her own life with you guys. Kevin, I'm switching back to the handheld real fast. I don't know how well I'm going to do
3: this at my age, but I really felt I watched. Um, When I'm not here, when I'm not here, I watch on the television. And I have been so impressed with our pastor, Josiah. And before he even got... Hold this. (laughs) Uh, Before he even got picked, I went out after church that day and... And I told him, I said, I believe you're going to be a pastor for the younger generation uh, because that's going to be needed. And I feel the anointing upon him Every, every Sunday. I really do, and I'm proud of of the way he brings things out. It's different than when it was in our older years. But you can go to church and take the children, but don't send the pastor after me. <laughs> and, and the fact being his dad got saved on the street corners. And his life changed, and, and uh, of course, the family would go to church, and his dad would drag him to the altar. <laughs> so that was the biggest reason. And I never forced him to go, but we, God moved us next door to a godly woman, uh, and we rented a house next to them. And she uh, was a real blessing to me. And, and I went to church with her and uh, Ed never bothered. Uh, he was never bothered with that because I never told him to go. But I prayed, I prayed. And then in our lifetime when he got saved, and I rededicated my heart to God because um, I got saved in, in a camp when I was younger. And I'd go to church in those days, and I, I mean, my parents went, and I'd always pray. I knew when I did things wrong, but it's hard a lot of times to stick with those things and I'd pray every time I went to church and and ask God to to help me be a better person. And and then uh, when Ed and I got married, before that, I was already praying for God. Uh, I was married the first time, and and we had two two boys, but he wanted out of the marriage, so what can you do? I didn't believe in that. But uh, God was with me, and my dad said, if he don't want you, there's no use trying to. (laughs) So okay, that was over. So I had two boys when I met Ed, and he was up north on leave with um, uh, a friend who became our brother-in-law, actually. And they were uh, hunting. It was deer season. And I happened to work in a restaurant just for that period of time. But uh, I always prayed when I moved back home. I had my two boys with me in our own place. Um, I always prayed for God uh, to send somebody that would love me for me and love my boys. I always prayed that way. I got back in church. I sang in the choir. Um, It's why I'm going to talk to you is because I don't know, I know my life, but I don't know everybody else's except what I see in the goodness of God. Um, so so anyway, I met Ed, and when he walked through that door in the restaurant, my heart jumped, I'm telling you, it does do that. And, and so the, both of them came in to eat, and, of course, I had to give them their meals. And then they left after a while. And I'll tell you what they did, because my little town had about seven bars. And, and but, you know, the people didn't just go to drink. The farmers all came on the weekends and that was where they met friends. And so uh, that life, my life was that way in the days. And so the two of them went and directly Ed came back. And he talked to me while I was doing what I had to do. and and uh, so he said, "Can I give you a ride home?" Well, I didn't have a car, and I walked, but it was easy because small town and And so he was on leave, and he extended his leave and I said that Sunday I had a I had promised a lady friend across the street that had, would help the teenagers. We had a place they would go on Sunday for uh, playing games or whatever. And she was the leader for them. And so I told them, I said, I promised that I would watch her children he said, "That's all right. I'll help you." So okay, that was a good thing. And and we just you know played with the kids and uh, looked at catalogs and stuff. I remember that. And and uh, so after his extension, he had to leave. And he went back, and he was stationed at Pope Air Force Base at that time. And and so Christmas came, and I got a ring in the mail. I was shocked. But um, I was happy. <laughs> and, and anyway, and I'll tell you this, which uh, it didn't make a difference to me. But my mother's sister said to her, how did she get someone so good looking? <laughs> I never did tell her the Lord sent him. <laughs> But anyway, while he was there, this is another thing I want want you to understand, he would come from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and go to this couple that had a farm up near where I lived, and and they had a son, so the, both of them would help do the farming, and Ed really liked that. I told him, I said, I never make a farmer's wife, don't think that. <laughs> but anyhow, that was funny things we talked about. But he took me there to see, you know, I said, I got diapers to wash. So he went and bought me some more. And, and uh, so we went there. And I thought about that one. They were Christians, and they were friends with her, with his family. So that was all. I knew that he was trying to see what they'd have to say about me. (laughs) So I must have made it. Uh, Anyway, uh, we uh, then... He sent for me on the bus, and I had to go all that way. But um, some of the other things I want to say to you besides that, Ed got saved, and I rededicated my life three years into our marriage. But God was good, and he met every need. And... Uh, All along the way in our life, after God saved our soul, there was nothing that we wouldn't do when he spoke to us. We had good jobs. We worked for the government and became the fire chief. On the government side, that's as high as you can get for a firefighter. And and that's the time when God spoke to us. We were at church, and they were talking about a children's home. We've done it here, too. and And it kept laying on our hearts that they needed help. And... So finally we said, well, I guess we better see what we need to do. So we called there. This was in Arkansas, Hot Springs, and it was a Christian uh, children's home. And so we called, and they said, well, we don't need any help right now. So, okay, we hung up, and we said, I guess we didn't (laughs) go the right track. (laughs) But the following week, they called us and said they needed somebody. So we graciously did what God wanted us to. And everything we've done in our life when God spoke to us, we did it. And this is so important. That's the most blessing you can have in your life. God has always met our needs, and then some. And we've always paid our ties. And our children were all grown, and we had six children, and we went to work at a children's home. And they would watch me, the people would watch me to see how I had to be there a by myself. And uh, so anyway, that was one thing God called us. But along the road, we did volunteer work, with um, groups of people that were all different denominations, but they had to be born again, and that was a wonderful thing. We had uh, met such good people, and we had devotions every morning before we went to do work. We had to take turns. uh, we were called to do when a church didn't have a pastor. Two different times the uh, they had one in Wisconsin. These were two churches. Uh, one was in Oshkosh and that was 60 miles from where we were living. But we took it and we went back and forth. We still had kids and And so some of them were old enough to leave the nest. One of them was anyway, but the rest came with us. And I'll tell you, we weren't there real long, but we, um, we saw an older gentleman, he was 83, I believe, as I'm remembering, crawled to the altar and give his heart to God. And we weren't there real long, but God was always with us, as dumb as we thought we were. I'll tell you, I... I had to preach when we were in um not Hot Springs now. This was in Florida. We were in Av- Avon Park we lived and and uh, so I, they picked me to be the woman's ministry person and And so our pastor's wife every year when we had the uh, women's ministry, she always spoke. Well, this time God spoke to me and said, I want you to do that this time. I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can, can do it. But um, the, you got a magazine in it told you kind of what to do, but I got up there, and I'll tell you, God did all the work. God did all the work, and I preached. I had an altar call. I never could have done that unless God was in it. And I want you to know, I know i got to quit, but I couldn't go for a long time. <laughs> but I want you to know that when you think in something that God speaks to you and you know it, do it because your blessings will be more than you can believe. I mean, I'm not wealthy because we're traveling (laughs) all the time. But God has been so good to us. In our family, we never went without. And, uh, you know, it's unimaginably the way I'm telling you. But I'm sure a lot of you know this. But don't give up. I don't care what kind of jobs you have. If God speaks, he wants you to do it. And you have to listen, because he'll bless your socks off. Amen. <laughs> Praise God.
2: All right, just so, just so the record is clear, y'all heard it here first. Nike stole Miss Joanne's slogan, just do it, okay? So we're taking Nike to court because they stole Miss Joanne's slogan. Y'all, how amazing is that? To have a testimony, right, of, the, of God, just of the goodness of God in lives that when we do what he tells us to do, we are blessed. And like Miss Joanne said, he blesses our socks off. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. Praise God for saints in the church like Miss Joanne who are still with us and such a testimony to the goodness of God to young people like myself who are still figuring things out in ministry and still figuring things out when it comes to when God when God says it just do it. And so a testimony of Miss Joanne even that you know they had these governmental jobs that were set they were set but they chose to go and obey the Lord and with six kids so hey there we go. Will you please stand with me as we pray before we get into today? I just want to get our minds set on the Lord today. Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we know you are enthroned on the praises of your people. So I praise you today. I thank you today. I thank you that even though I go through seasons and situations that are hard that I can still worship you because nothing changes your worthiness. You are worthy, worthy, worthy all by yourself that even if you never did another thing for us, you are still worthy of all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor forever and ever. Amen. So, Father God, I just pray in this moment that you would set our minds with resolve to hear the word of God today to listen, to, to take notes, to be focused in on what the Holy Spirit wants to relay to us today. So, Lord God, I submit my mind and my mouth to you today. Holy Spirit, speak to me and speak through me today. Speak to everyone in here, Father God, as we hear the words. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Now, I don't know, I know a lot of you and I know a lot of your backgrounds, but I'm not going to get into details. Um, but a lot of you are currently dealing with spiritual warfare. And if you, don't, if you didn't grow up in a domination that really taught that, you please feel free to come talk to me after service. I would love to have a conversation. But man, last night in this sanctuary, I experienced some, something that really shook me to my core. Um, I, I, have, I have experience with supernatural, with demonic things. But y'all, last night really shook me to my core. And I just want to tell you, you need to be covering yourself and your family in prayer. This church is going places that the enemy is terrified of, and he does not want anything to happen that we have in the works right now. So please, y'all, I covered y'all in prayer last night. Y'all, the Holy Spirit took over. I have never prayed in the Spirit like that in my entire life. Even my aunt, I told her about it this morning. She even said on her way out last night, y'all see this nice haircut? Thank you, auntie. Anyways, she said as, as she was leaving last night, she just she, something in her spirit told her that she might need to stay with me because something just fell off. And y'all, I'm telling you, what happened last night was a physical manifestation of the demonic, and it shook me to my core. Y'all, but the thing is, I will not be afraid. I will not run from this house. Nothing is going to scare me from being the shepherd of this house, y'all. I will stand in the gap for you. I promise I will. Nothing's going to scare me out of this house. We just saying that I will not be afraid. What can I fear when the Lord is on my side? What can I fear? But I'm telling you, I'm not going to go into details because it's not necessary. But I do want you to know you need to be fasting and praying in this season. I cannot be the only one that's fasting and praying for this church. I need you guys with me. This is not my church. I happen to be the shepherd of this church, but we are the church. And in this season, I need you fasting and praying for what is coming next. A disciple is a worshiper. Spirit and truth from peaks to prisons. A disciple is a worshiper. I want to start by going into what is worship because oftentimes I think we have a, a very uh, skewed understanding of what is worship. Worship means to declare worth and to attribute worth. Worship is not just singing on a Sunday morning or listening to worship music on your own. Worship is a lifestyle. It's more than just music. It's more than just singing a pretty song. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 tells us this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3, 23 says this, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 31 says this, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Worship is a lifestyle. If that's the one thing you take away from today, I need you to know, worship is a lifestyle. Right now, today... And the Ukraine churches are still meeting and worshiping even in the midst of war. Y'all, there, there are, and I'm careful about what I believe on social media because you can't believe everything you hear on social media. But y'all, there are true stories about missiles landing by churches and not exploding. They just hit the ground and they don't explode. What? Y'all, Russian soldiers and platoons are getting lost, like just confused in their minds about what their mission even was. Y'all, the Ukrainian people, I saw a video the other day. They captured a Russian soldier and the Ukrainian people gave him food. They even let him call his mother on their cell phone to let him know he was okay. Y'all, miracles are happening in the Ukraine, worshiping in the midst of war. I went went to the Bible study in Finley Park on Wednesday with the real church. Y'all, if people who are literally homeless can worship... Y'all... If people in the midst of war, if people living on the streets can still see the worthiness of God, we have no excuse. We have the luxury to come and sit in a, in a heated building, in an AC filled building, technology all around us, bright lights. Y'all, we are privileged to have what we do have. We are blessed But if people even in the midst of war and people living on the streets in freezing cold weather can look at God and say, God, you are worthy. Come on now. You see, they understand something. I'm getting right into preaching this morning because I feel this in my spirit. You see, they understand something very important. The season or situation you are in does not determine the worthiness of God. I need y'all to hear this. The season or situation you are in does not determine the worthiness of God. Worshiping from a season or situation in your life will kill your worship. You need to hear me, because I was experiencing this a little bit over a month ago. Worshiping from the season or situation you are in will kill your worship. Y'all, from prayer to worship, people were preaching my sermon today. I said, praise God, confirmation. If you base your worship off your emotions and not who God is, I promise you, you will be worshiping 10% of the time. I need y'all to hear me. If you are worshiping from flesh instead of spirit, you will be worshiping 10% of the time. Your emotions and feelings do not determine God's worthiness. Jeremiah 17, 9, she quoted it literally during worship. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Y'all, this is why we worship in spirit and truth, not by flesh. The Holy Spirit will always shift our perspective from our woes and our worries to the worthiness of God. I need y'all to hear this. This is why we do not worship from the flesh We worship from the Spirit because the Spirit will always take your earthly eyes and shift them from your woes and your worries to the worthiness of God. It will take your head from being downcast to risen up from heaven. The Spirit will lead you into things unexplainable. Dang, I'm preaching better than you are shouting this morning. Worshiping requires a right perspective of God. I need you all to write that down. I need y'all to write that down. Worshiping requires a right perspective of God. Oftentimes, we don't need a new season or situation. We need a new perspective. I need y'all to hear this because listen, Christians, I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians complain on Facebook about gas prices. Stop complaining and start praising. You have the finances to afford it. Come on now, y'all. We don't need a new season or situation. We need a new perspective. God's worthiness lies solely in who he is, not what he can do or what he does. I need us to understand that God is not a genie in a bottle that we come to when we need something. True worship comes from a true understanding and revelation through the Holy Spirit of who God is. Can I tell you, I can read the Bible all the day long. But until the Holy Spirit grabs me and holds me on what that's saying, I'm not even going to truly understand it. It takes revelation from the Holy Spirit to truly worship. That's why some of us in this room grip the back of our chairs like we're scared. I'm just being honest with y'all. Because y'all, there's something that's about to break through in this church of exuberant Worship. Now, I'm not saying exuberant worship is the only sign of worship, but I'm saying that, ooh, Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit manifests through exuberant worship, through passion and energy, from revelation of who the Father is. It's every time you go through a situation, you know you are not alone. When your family is going crazy, when those in your workplace are going wild, but you still see God in it. Mm. What do you ingest? and intake affects and influences your worship. I need y'all to see this. What you ingest and intake affects and influences your worship. Because what you watch and what you listen to or who you watch and who you listen to determines your perspective of God. More than ever, y'all y'all need to hear me. We have to censor what we watch. Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, mm, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now I'm not about to go full into that, but y'all be careful what you watch. What you allow yourself to see is then what's going to take control of your mind. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Whoever has your ear has your future. I know you love that because my papa always says that. Whoever has your ear has your future. Paul wrote this in Galatians 5, 7 through 8. Mm, You ran well. Y'all hear me? They were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Don't miss that. He said you were running. You were in the ministry. You were worshiping. But he says, who persuaded you? Who is in your ear right now? In that season, God is calling you to be in. Hold up now. God calls us to seasons. In that situation, God placed you in strategically to impact someone's life. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? A lot of us are allowing our little drunken, druggy friends to speak into our life instead of our Holy Spirit-filled pastor and Holy Spirit-filled friends. I'm just saying, y'all, we need the church more than we ever have before. The world is fighting for your worship. Who are you going to listen to? I got to say this, y'all, because I see this in my generation. God may have you in a season where you need to be. Can I tell you, he calls you to seasons of trials and testings. He calls you to that. But some of y'all are so worried watching other people on social media mm, that you don't even notice all he is doing around you. This season could be preparing you for something huge. Y'all, I found my worship again about a month and a half ago, and I'm telling you something huge is coming to this church. Whether you want to be a part or you don't, some of y'all better get on board, y'all. I'm just saying, y'all, this church is going in a direction. Some of y'all are going to be super, super uncomfortable with where it's going because the Spirit of God is about to fall and is falling on us like never before. And some of y'all are going to be real uncomfortable. This season, y'all, could be preparing you for something huge. You need a new perspective. God may have you in this current situation for a purpose. Y'all hear me? But you are allowing... Y'all, I need y'all to hear this. Y'all are allowing negative speech and death tongues. Mm, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Stop letting death tongues speak into your life. Y'all, come on, man. Some of y'all have seen breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, but you're about to fall back into that cycle of just letting anybody speak into your life. Be careful who speaks into your life in this season, in this situation. This may be where God needs you right now. Don't miss it. Worship is a perspective shift. Y'all, I keep saying this because our perspective determines everything we do. Worship is a perspective shift from our worries and woes to the worthiness of God in all seasons and all situations. Why? Because He is worthy. Will you turn with me to John chapter 4? And we're going to stand as is our custom here. John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. I promise we're going somewhere today. We're hitting it and getting it. Ain't got no time to waste today. John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. The woman said to him, this is Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. ha, And now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. I need y'all to see verse 24. God is spirit, and those who worship Him, what is that word? Must, must worship Him in spirit and truth. You may be seated. I want to look at this passage, and uh, y'all not going to lie, I've been pretty excited this week just because of what the Lord is doing in me and showing me He's, mm, He's giving me creativity again. Let's expound on this a little bit. Verse 20. Verse 20. The woman's perspective, the woman's perspective was that worship takes place on the peaks. Some of y'all need to hear me. And in specific holy places by specific peoples. The woman's perspective was that worship takes place on the peaks. She said, my people worship here in the mountains. Verse 21. I think some of y'all are catching what what I'm putting down. Verse 21, Jesus says to her, it's not about the peaks or the places or the peoples. None of that matters anymore. God does not fit in a box. Some of y'all are getting it today. Verse 22, y'all, something's about to be unlocked in this house. Verse 22, her worship was not based on the truth but on misunderstood scripture. But Jesus reveals all truth. Verse 23, Jesus says something that made me jump in my spirit. And he said, the time is now. He said, the time is now that true worshipers worship the Father in, first off, it says spirit. Let's get into this. You cannot truly worship God if you do not have his Holy Spirit. I'm telling you right now. It is the Holy Spirit inside of us who brings us into the realm of true worship. So I'm telling you right now, for those who look down on people who have exuberant worship... Watch where you pointing those fingers cuz you got some pointing right back at you. Be careful. Only through the Holy Spirit can we experience the glory of God. I need us to hear that. Only through the Holy Spirit can we experience the glory of God. Who is spirit? Did you know Moses would be jealous of us? Moses, the one that saw the pillars of fire. Ha. The one that saw the Red Sea part. Did you know he would be jealous of us? Saints, While he experienced the glory of God from the outside, we get to experience the glory of God from the inside. Did you know he would have traded everything he saw to have the spirit of the living God inside of him? Moses would have been, I got to stop hearing modern Christians say, oh, I wish it was like the Old Testament. No, you do not. It's because your perspective is not right. You do not fully understand that the very spirit of God lives inside of you. Y'all, I have casted out demons. I have laid hands on people and see them healed. I don't want to see the glory of God from the outside. I want to experience on the inside. God does not want empty rituals and empty religions. He wants union with us. He wants all of us. He wants you to worship out of your love for him, not based upon day-to-day rituals. Y'all, God does not want, listen, I need y'all to hear this because some of you are stuck in a cycle of never-ending legalism. God does not want empty rituals. You do not have to fall on your knees at 3 p.m. every single day. You do not have to do the same thing every day, y'all. God just wants your love. He wants you walking with him and talking with him every single moment of every single day. Stop trying to compartmentalize your faith. The location of worship no longer matters because you are now the temple. I need some of y'all to hear that, man, because this is gonna change your whole perspective on worship. Stop letting your worship be conformed to Sunday mornings. Stop letting your worship only be shown on Sunday mornings. You do not need this building. This isn't even the church you are. The place no longer matters. It's you. The very spirit of God now lives in you. You are the temple. Some people say I'm a little bit too passionate, but let's talk about this. (laughs) The Spirit in you brings out passion. Mm. Worshiping in and through the Holy Spirit breaks down. Y'all, because you have to hear this. Some of you feel so condemned because of what you've done in your life. Some of you feel like there are just these huge barriers between you and the Father. But this is what we have to understand. The Holy Spirit breaks down the barriers between our holy God and Father and our sinful flesh. I need you to see this. The Holy Spirit causes us to transcend. Listen, y'all, because this is so important. To the realm of the spiritual where we experience God's glory in ways sometimes unexplainable, y'all. There are no more... When the veil, oh man, we sing about this. When the veil was torn in the temple, the barrier was removed. There is nothing holding you back from the Father any longer. How could I not be passionate about that? How could I not have this praise growing up in my very belly, knowing that there is no barrier between me and God Almighty? Which means this, nothing is impossible for me anymore. What was impossible for me to be fully forgiven in Christ Jesus is now possible. There is nothing impossible for God. How? When God gives me a vision to see the Midlands totally transformed with the gospel, y'all, there are no more barriers. There's no dream too big that God cannot fulfill. We need to dream again as a church. We need to step into our purpose again. It's time that we stop letting fear rule our lives. Y'all, I have seen for too long in the church that we get these high and lofty ideas, but the moment when push comes to shove, we back away from the task. Because what happened was our perspective was on everything that could go wrong. Our perspective was on the little things we could not fulfill, but we forgot to look to God Almighty where nothing is impossible. Y'all, I am dreaming big for this church again. This church is going to be a major role player in this community. We are going to see lives restored. Why? Because y'all, it starts with me. I'm already in the trenches, I'm downtown with the homeless, y'all. I'm in it with people because this community needs to see consistency. We will not be a church that does one event a year and think we did something holy. No, 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 no. We are about to step foot into our community to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus. We did this yesterday with the truck ministry. Brother CE has a friend, Tim Powers, who's going through some serious sicknesses right now. Guess what we did? We went out and we did his yard for him. Y'all, his own church hadn't even come out to see him. Come on now, that is too many churches. We want to talk a big game from a stage, but when push comes to shove, we are doing nothing. Do y'all know what the homeless people told me? I don't even want to call them homeless. That just sounds horrible. Do you know what they told me at Bible study on Wednesday? They told me they are sick and tired of churches giving them stuff and thinking they did something. They said, what is a coat when we need their love? They said, what is a sandwich when we need to hear the gospel? How long are we going to play church? How long is it going to be till the Holy Spirit drives us with this passion, y'all? I'm telling you, on Tuesdays I'm about to start helping Pastor Betty in outreach because the Holy Spirit is telling me to do more. Did I not tell y'all when I preached on the Great Commission, it's time that we do more. If we truly want to see Jesus return, it's time we do more. Y'all, there's no more time for excuses. We can make a million excuses for why we did or why we didn't. God is sick and tired of the church's excuses. It's time that we do The Holy Spirit, some of y'all looking at me probably like I'm crazy. The Holy Spirit brings out passion and energy, such as exuberant worship, such as exuberant praise and a fire in your belly. Because the, y'all, this, this is why, this is why the Holy Spirit is actively, I need you to hear this. The Holy Spirit is actively showing you and revealing to you things about God that can only be revealed and shown through the Holy Spirit. It's one thing for me to read about the goodness of God. It's another thing for me to see it in everything. Y'all, the Holy Spirit is teaching me to see the goodness of God in every single thing that's going on in my life. Oh, Lord Jesus, speak to all of us. Even to the people that think I'm crazy right now. Jesus says we must worship in truth. This is, y'all, I see too many churches just going all willy wonky, not based on scripture. Biblical truth, we worship based upon knowledge of who we know him to be based upon his word. But you can't know if you don't read saints. Mm, That's a whole nother sermon. We worship him because we know his word says he is loving, he is good, he is merciful, he is compassionate, he is mighty, he is creator of all, he is all powerful, he is benevolent towards all humanity, he is forgiving, he is the Lord of angel armies. We worship him because we know he is God and he is good. Some of y'all need to raise a praise real quick. God, we worship you because we know you are God and you are good. I just feel in my spirit, I I have to say this. Y'all know we're not the Catholic church, right? Y'all know I'm not the only one that can hear from God. Sometimes I'm needing some of y'all to speak into my life. But it hasn't been like that. I need y'all to know we're not the Catholic church. We are all the temples of the Holy Spirit. He can speak to you just as much as he speaks to me. Hmm. Some of y'all might even be called to be preachers. You just never gotten the word enough for let, to let him plant that inside of you. Oh, gee. Mm. Can I just say this real quick? One, one of the most important things I've learned as a pastor, this is actually, I would say, the most important thing when leading, leading sheep. Have y'all ever seen that video on Facebook where the sheep jumps in the crack and the kid pulls them out and the sheep jumps right back in? That's all of y'all sometimes. <laughs> just saying. I'm over here like yanking you out and you're like, bye, pastor, your side, woo! Um, but I love you. I do. I, I, <laughs> now I got that image of Jason jumping in. <laughs> oh, Lord. But the most important thing I've learned is that when someone messes up, and I've, I've noticed this is a flaw of a lot of us church leaders, is that when even leadership or just a congregant messes up, we're so quick to condemn and like point the finger of the sin. Like, look at that sin you did. That was horrible, nasty. I have learned so fast that if you point out the sin, that person's gonna fall back into shame and guilt and condemnation. Now, correction is needed. I need correction in my life. And I'll, I'll tell you when I think you did something wrong, or I know for a fact you did. But this is what? This is how we really know why the Holy Spirit's telling me to say this. We have got to stop pointing the finger, and we've got to start speaking life. We've got, to start, we've got to start pulling out purpose and potential. It's been enough condemnation from church leaders and, and church people to the world. We've got to stop saying sin, 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 sin. We've got to start saying potential, potential. Oh, purpose, purpose, potential, potential. So write this down. Instead of condemning and pointing the finger at sin. I need you to write this down. Instead of condemning and pointing the finger at sin. Instead of condemning and pointing the finger at sin. I see some of y'all are slow riders. I'm just just messing with you. Pull out purpose and potential. Pull out purpose and potential. Because some of y'all may have well been called to be church leaders, but someone condemned you instead of calling out your purpose and your potential. But can I tell you, that calling never dies. Some of you in here may be called to plant churches. Some of you in here may be called to the mission field. Some of you in here may be called to actually start local missions organizations but I want to call out your potential. I want to call out your purpose. I don't want to hear any more pointing fingers of what this person did and what that person did or that person did this and so I got mad and I'm sick of it, man. The church, (laughs) if the church would stop looking like the world for one week, the world would be changed. I don't want to play the blame game. I want to play the restoration game. We, we carry the ministry of reconciliation to the world. I don't want to point fingers. I want to resolve things. I want to pull out things out of us we didn't even know existed. I don't even know why I said that, but I hope that blessed somebody. You cannot be a true worshiper and have one without the other. It doesn't work that way. You cannot just worship in spirit. You cannot just work a worship in truth. Let's, let's look at what happens when we do one without the other. Spirit without truth leads to a shallow, overly emotional experience that could be compared to a high that comes just as fast as it goes. As soon as the emotion is over, when the fervor cools, the worship ends. That is not a lifestyle. The Holy Spirit put this in in me last night. I'm going to share what he told me. If you only worship based on your... Y'all, I'm telling you because I went to my wife and was like, look what the Holy Spirit just told me. If you only worship based on your emotions and goosebumps or when it is convenient, you are not a worshiper. You are a thrill seeker. You want the thrill of experiencing his glory, but you don't want to submit your life to his spirit. I need some of y'all to hear that. If you only worship based on your emotions and goosebumps... Or when it is convenient, you are not a worshiper, you are a thrill seeker. And please know I say that out of love, because my whole, my whole passion is to see you living as disciples. But sometimes correction is needed. We have enough thrill seekers in the church. I'm sick of the, the flashing lights and the crazy, crazy concert fill atmosphere. Y'all, I'm sick of it. We have enough thrill seekers, we need more worshipers. The church has been enthralled with Pharisees and thrill seekers. We need worshipers. Yes. Truth without spirit leads to dry, passionless encounters that can easily lead to a form of joyless legalism. That is a sad lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, but that is a sad lifestyle. And I need I, there are those of you in here who are taking notes. that are like, yeah, this is for someone. No, this is for you. I'm, I'm, no, I love you enough to tell you this is for you. If you're pointing fingers and people are coming to your mind, this is for you. Because you're probably the one with the dry jewel Yo, Y'all, I'm being honest here because I long to see all of you raising your hands to God in surrender and exuberant worship. Not because that's the only sign of a worshiper, but because what you do in private shows in public. I can see your worship by the way you come in here on Sunday mornings. Those of you who are like, God, I'm going through something horrible. But hey, you're still God and I still love you. I'm going to worship you. And I see those of you who don't worship throughout the week, and you come and you stand. Y'all, I I love you enough to tell you that God has so much more for you. Y'all, when I first took over as pastor, every little thing on Sunday morning used to set me up because I thought it was a performance. I was like, oh, y'all, and now everything goes wrong in the morning. So I'm just like, Holy Spirit, use me. But listen, (laughs) having babies will do that. Y'all know this. Um, But listen, I used to, y'all, I used to snap at my wife on Sunday mornings. And then I would come to preach. What? You think the Holy Spirit is going to use that? No, man. If I'm openly disrespecting God and my wife by disrespecting her. But some of y'all, um, I, some of y'all had something happen this morning where it threw you off and you lashed out when you shouldn't have. Mm. We have to learn that even, even when something small happens, God is still worthy. And he is so much bigger than this little thing right here. I'm telling you, y'all, I'm young, but the Holy Spirit has expedited who I am, and he is teaching me some stuff. I may be 25, but y'all, I feel like I'm 50 sometimes in the Spirit, because when you submit to his Spirit, he will take you places you never imagined you could be. Y'all, I got pastors in their 60s asking me for advice. I'm like, what in the world? I'm 25 years old. But listen, the Spirit will pull out your purpose and your potential. If you believe... I need you to hear this. If you believe that worship is only intellectual and based solely upon knowledge and you live your life that way, and you point fingers at those who worship in the spirit, you very well you very well may be a Pharisee. A legalist. I've been a Pharisee. Oh, I've been there, man. When I first got saved, I gave my heart to Jesus. I was pointing fingers at everybody. Oh, look how you're living. You're nasty. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm so clean. But I was way more disgusting than anyone else because of the way I was posturing my heart. I was the very Pharisee that Jesus was talking to. Y'all, some of you need to hear this because a Pharisaical mindset is a really easy perspective to get into. Just because you don't do anything wrong, just because you're not actually living in sin, does not mean you are better than anyone else. Next time you go to point fingers, remember what Jesus said to those who were about to cast stones. Let he who is without sin cast the first on. You know what's going to happen when you go to throw that judgment or that anger or talk about somebody? It's gone. I love y'all. I hope you know this. And it's very well you may be suppressing the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit doesn't break out in the atmosphere you're in, it may be you. Did you know one person can hold back the movement of the Spirit? We saw that, that the sin of one man could take down a whole nation. The entirety of Israel was almost killed because of Achan's sin. We see in the New Testament time and time again that when those who, who, who suppress the power of the Spirit suppress the movement of the Spirit in the atmosphere that they are in. We have enough Pharisees in the church today. We need more worshipers. I don't want to see thrill-seekers or Pharisees in this church. I want to see disciples. Disciples. And the beauty about this is that whenever we we live both, oh my gosh, both spirit and truth, y'all, you, you can't understand it until you live it. Both leads to a passion-filled lifestyle of worship, sustained and nurtured by the word of God. Man, there's no, other, there's no lifestyle better than that one right there. Verse 24, Jesus says, Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That says must. Must worship him in spirit and truth. A disciple is a worshiper who worships in spirit and truth from peaks to prisons. Will you turn with me to Acts chapter 16? This is where we're really trying to get today. Acts chapter 16, we're going to hit this real quick. Verses 23 through 32. Acts chapter 16, verses 23 through 32. And of course we're going to stand, as is the custom, to honor the Word of God. Acts chapter 16, verses starting in verse 23, going through 32. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they were beaten, they threw them into prison. (laughs) Now let me remind you, the disciples had just come from seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people give their hearts to Jesus, and now they're thrown in prison. Need us to see this. Verse 24, Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Verse 25, But at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. That's for us today. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. You may be seated. I want to talk about this passage, and even as I read it more and more, man, there's just more jumps out to me, both in the spiritual and in the physical. And we're gonna talk about true worship, how it shows itself, what happens when we worship. True worship, verses 23 and 24 tells us this: true worship is not determined by seasons or situations. These men had come from the peaks of spirituality. They just got done preaching to thousands and thousands of people. Were saved. The next moment they are beaten, they are chained up, and they are locked in prison. God's worth, I keep saying it time and time again because life is hard and you need to hear this. God's worth does not change based upon your seasons or situations. If he never did another thing, he is still worthy. He is still God Almighty. The perspective of a worshiper is to see God in all things. Can I tell you, that right there changes your whole mindset about everything you experience. And the thing about a worship era is we worship from peaks to prisons. In our greatest moments where we experience God on a level like no other, we praise him, God, we worship you. But even when life puts us in a prison, even when we're experiencing things that don't make any sense, worshipers still worship. Yo, I, I need a... We as a church have to understand that because before there's a very thin line between breakthrough and a breaking point. There's a very thin line between a breakthrough and a breaking point. Some of you are treading that line. And God is saying, if you just posture yourself in a place of worship, I am ready to take you to the breakthrough instead of the breaking point. If you turn to me in this moment, I will guide you to where the breakthrough is. Stop listening to the voices of the world. Stop watching that crap on TV. Stop looking at that stuff on social media. If you look at me and you posture yourself, Some of you have been praying for breakthrough but not posturing yourself in a place of worship. Verse 25 tells us this. Worship, true worship is for those around you. Hold up now. Wait, what, wait, wait, wait. No, no, my worship is for me. My worship is for my breakthrough. My worship is for me and my family. (laughs) No, 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 no. People around you right now in this moment, even in this church, are are in bondage to sin. And death. Even in this moment, you're like, no, pastor aside, no way in the church. Yes, way in this church right now in this moment. When they see and experience God through your worship, your lifestyle worship can point to Jesus. Can I tell you, I used to be terrified of worshiping, lifting my hands. But there were examples in my life. There were people who set the standard and set the stage that took me to a new place in my worship. Because they weren't just worshiping for themselves. They were worshiping for those around them. When I'm up here throwing up my hands, it's not even for me. God knows my heart. God knows my heart of worship. It's for those of you who are scared. Those of you who think someone's going to look at you weird. Those of you who have not been taken to a new place. True worship is not just for you it's for those around you when other people are in the same season or situation as you and you are worshiping through I need you guys to hear this because what this is saying is from the Holy Spirit while they are bogged down with the worries and woes and maybe even straight up in bondage your worship can show them a better way when they are in the same season as you and they are losing their minds, but you are in a place of peace. You walk in an atmosphere of peace. Those around you, y'all, when people look to you, they say, How are you doing this? Your worship can lead them to God. Show them God through the way you live your life. Through all seasons. And situations show them Jesus. And one thing I got about this passage, because I'm I'm a classic overthinker, is that Paul and Silas, it was midnight. (laughs) Everyone else around them was most likely sleeping. But the their situation, that season they were in, was keeping them up. Something was in their spirit. Can I tell you, when you're up late at night and that, that worry is consuming you, and you have these woes in life that you have no control over? Worship through the worry. I'm telling you, do not waste the midnight hour. Oh my, I don't really know where that came from. Do not waste the midnight hour. That may be your hour of breakthrough. That may be the hour that God was calling you to do something extra, do something deeper. Disciples worship from peaks to prisons. Do not waste the midnight hour. Oh my gosh, some of y'all are getting this, but some of y'all are kind of just like, uh, I don't know because you don't live a lifestyle of worship. Guys, I'm trying to take you somewhere because those things you struggle with, you do not have to struggle with. Do you understand that there's freedom in Christ Jesus? But that comes. Mm, you see, because I'm, mm, I got to I don't even know why I'm saying this. I'm living from this right now. You may think I'm crazy. Oh, he's just—he's up here crazy. No, because I worship in spirit and truth. My season nor situation determines the worthiness of God. I see God as he is. Even though my situation may be straight bonkers, man, it may not make any sense. My friends may be acting buck wild. I got friends in ministry doing things they should have never been doing. But even in the midst of the heartbreak, God mends hearts. I... Unless you're living from this place, you can't truly. But there's no reason for you not to be in this place. There's no. Verse 26 tells us this. Some of y'all should be getting excited because y'all tell me you're praying for your family. You're you're praying for your friends. And I'm literally telling you what true worship does. And you're sitting here like, y'all. God, how, how bad do we actually want it? How, how, can, those of you praying for lost loved ones, lost friends, how bad do you actually want it? Because at that point, you don't even care about yourself anymore. Ha, you're not worshiping for a goosebump. You're worshiping for other people to be set free. Hmm. Verse 26 tells us that true worship shakes foundation shakes foundations, some of you in here, and definitely people in your lives have strongholds built up. I'm talking, these things are strong. These things are deeply rooted in your lives and in those around you, they're holding you back They're holding your families back. Generational curses, addictions, insecurities, feelings of iniquities. But when you worship, I mean, you are in the trenches, y'all. Everything in your life lines up with him. Can I tell you, that's what worship is. You are worshiping through his spirit and in his truth. The very foundations of these strongholds, addictions, generational curses, insecurities, start to shake. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. When you worship the very strongholds, this is the problem. We don't understand worship. We're worshiping and the foundations are shaken. We need to punch through, y'all. We give up on worship so easily. You could be breaking a foundation in your, in your husband's life, in your wife's life, by worshiping. That, that foundation is shaken, But we give up after 10 minutes when the goosebumps go away. After posturing... Mm, Foundations start to shake because nothing can stand in the face of the Almighty. (laughs) When we worship, freedom is loosed in the atmosphere. So many of y'all have missed moments in worship because freedom was being loosed, but you did not step into the freedom that was being loosed. Mm. (laughs) Y'all, I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians live in bondage when we do not have to. You are free. Mm. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Whenever I was thinking about the foundation shaking, the, the Lord brought to me the story of the big bad wolf and the, the pig that built his house out of straw. And it's like the enemy thinks he's so strong. It's like he puts his foundation down and, and he thinks, oh, yeah, pornography. Oh, yeah, lust. Oh, yeah, lies. And it's like they, they set it up and the enemy's like, oh, look at that. And God just comes in and he blows it over like it's nothing. How long are we going to let the enemy think that he's won and allow him to win? Y'all, I was stuck in sexual sins. I was stuck in pornography. I was the best liar you ever met. But when I understood who God was, that foundation had no place. God literally blew and it all fell over and I was made new and free. I don't understand why we as Christians are living in bondage when Christ died for you to be free. Verse 26. Yeah, I know I'm preaching a lot longer than I used to, but the Holy Spirit's doing something new. He's doing something new, man. It's terrifying, but it's beautiful. Verse 26. True worship opens doors. How you wait determines how long you wait. Mm, that's, if y'all ever met my papa. pop you'd come away with a notebook full of quotes. How you wait determines how long you wait. How you wait determines how long. Long you wait. God may have you exactly where he wants you for a very specific purpose. Because we have to understand, when you're a Christian, it's not all about you. You may be facing a hard season because someone else needs you to tell them how you overcame it. You may be going through a hard season because someone else is falling apart, but you can come alongside them and say, hey, I know what you're going through. I know what you've experienced, but I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to yoke myself to you as I yoke myself to Jesus, and we're going to stand... Christians, how long are we going to complain about everything? It's time to do something. God is sick and tired of his church whining and complaining when he's given us the power to. Lord Jesus, help us to understand who we are. When we worship, doors are open. Freedom is made possible through our worship. Do you feel stuck? Some of you in here do. Some of you in here have been in a rut for a long time. Are you in bondage? Yes, because I know for a fact some of you are. You don't know how to get out, I'm going to tell you worship. Worship. Y'all, I'm not going to lie, this church almost killed my worship. Because I I was allowing your response to affect my worship. As a pastor, when y'all just sit there dead, it makes me think I'm doing something wrong. No, 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 no. My papa says never preach for response, preach for change. So I'm going to take those blank faces as the Holy Spirit convicting you. So this is the thing. I was allowing your response to me to determine my worship of God. God, I'm not good enough. God, I can't speak well enough. God, I just, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I wasn't called to this. And I was questioning my calling based upon the response of the people. But about a month and a half ago, I got in here by myself. Ooh, Lord Jesus. There's something about when you get alone with God. I I put my new AirPods in from my parents for Christmas and I put them in. Who knows who Eddie James is? I put Eddie James in my ear. Fire. That's what it's called, the song. I turn it on. My perspective shifted, y'all. And I learned that it doesn't matter how y'all are worshiping. When I get along with God, that's all that matters. And so in that moment, the Lord taught me to tune out the noise. and to focus on the father and so in that moment he taught me how to praise when everything else around me looks bleak when everything else around me is dead he taught me how to live he taught me how when everything else is speaking death how to speak life and in that moment I found my worship again and if y'all would have seen me on those cameras you would have thought I was a crazy person y'all I don't dance I just don't I was dancing in here by myself I'm telling you right now jumping, shouting, dancing, but singing to the top of my lungs, lungs praises to God because, y'all, I almost quit. I'm not going to lie. At my, my, my seventh-month mark here, I've been here nine months now. At my seven month mark, I almost quit. I had my resignation already put together because this has been a dead church. I'm just being honest with you. It's, it's, been, it's been dead. We're, we're seeing life now, but, y'all, I was distraught. I didn't know. I thought everything I was doing was wrong people aren't oh, people aren't changing lord says that's not your job <laughs> people aren't worshiping lord says that's not your worries mm. y'all Yo, he started speaking life into me as a leader there's something happens when you get alone with the father i'm telling you right now in your week get alone with the father tune out the world put it on your headphones and just focus on the father can i tell you that your testimony is the greatest thing you could ever preach what, what he's brought you through? Okay, words on a page are one thing, but when I can see a real-life person tell me what God has brought him through, what God has freed him from, some, there's something different in that. Would you hear that, it, it, makes, it makes you think, hey, that can happen for me. Hey, God can do that for me. I'm telling you today, he can do it for you. Doors you never expected can and will be opened around you. Those of you who are praying for new jobs... Those of you who are praying for better finances, those of you who are praying for maybe a spouse to come into your life, I'm telling you, posture your heart in a place of worship. Worship him through it before you get to it. Because this is the thing. God is faithful and he honors faithfulness. If you can worship him in the drought, oh my goodness, when that good season does come, it's going to be a different level. And you see, those who are shouting, they know because they're living it. Do do y'all hear what I'm saying? It's like, those who are excited know exactly what I'm talking about because they've been there. I'm not just some young guy talking. People have been there. People have experienced this. God has set people free. Y'all, it's no joke. When I say nothing can stand before the Almighty, I mean nothing. Does anyone else feel the spirit in this moment? Like, yo? I just feel him so heavily. What are you doing, Lord? This isn't something I've had to learn because, can I tell you, comparison is a killer of discipleship. Um, I started looking at all the other pastors with these giant churches online, and it started to destroy my self-worth. Because I was comparing myself to a social media, not what the God of the universe told me I am. And so I got stuck in that mindset. And one thing I have had to learn, we have to learn to praise God when those around us win when those around us win, when those other pastors are seeing thousands of people saved, when that family member gets the finances before you do, when that family member that doesn't serve God wins before you do, you have to remember to worship God for that win. And so we have to learn learn to worship, to praise God when those around us win, when those around us are set free. Man, if you're expecting freedom, but the person beside you gets free before you do, you better say, God, praise you for that. Now I'm expecting mine, but be thankful for that person. Stop comparing. We have to understand and learn that our worship is to God and it's not just for us, it's for those around us. You need to be worshiping for doors for those around you to be open. Can I tell you, I worship God for y'all all all the time. Some of y'all have very specific prayer requests and you are praying for very specific things. I worship God for that. Because I'm believing we're going to see it in this house. I get happy when y'all win. I hope y'all know that. Would y'all come to me and tell me about a promotion at work? You tell me about someone in your family getting saved, you tell me about a friend who's coming to visit church, can I tell you I rejoice with you in your wins? I would prefer you win rather than myself. Because I can sit up here and talk all the day long, but when the congregation gets it. I love babies. Can't believe I'm about to have another one of those. Whew. Verse 26. True worship sets the captives free. Hmm. True worship sets the captives free. When we worship, God works. Let me tell you this. God is a gentleman. He will not force himself into your situation. God will never make you let him work on your behalf. He's just not going to do it. (laughs) But when you worship, hmm. Some of y'all are missing this. Some of you think this is just a Sunday morning routine, but this is a chance, mm, This is a chance for God to work in war on your behalf. Y'all are missing the whole point. If you're ever with prayer in us in the classroom, I end prayer every single Sunday by saying, let's go to battle, because this is how we fight our battles. I'm not, we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You may be acting crazy, but that's fine. You're not the reason you're acting crazy. Mmm. Right. Discernment people, I've been talking, mm. Some of you need to get this because some of you are like, yeah, God is sovereign. He's just going to do it. No, no, no. Worship and prayer are the means by which God works on your behalf. You have not because you ask not. (laughs) In prayer this morning, I said, y'all in here who have specific prayers, don't wait for me just to say something. Speak them. If you have a specific prayer you want God to work on, pray that prayer. And guess what? Even when you don't see it. He is working. Even when you don't feel the little goosebumps running up down your spine, he is working. Some of y'all look at me like I'm crazy right now. But this is the thing. God is not just going to force himself on your situation. We cannot be wishful thinkers. We have to be worshipers. And the thing about worshipers is they pray and they worship specifically for these things. Because God is not just going to step in and do it. He does. We have example after example that God would wait and hold back until the people of God worship, until the people of God prayed for it. God would sit back and say, all right, I can't do it. But what are you going to do? Man, I just, if y'all ain't hearing anything, this is for me because I would mm-hmm. do you have friends and family in captivity to sin? Oh, I do. I got a bunch of them. Are you in captivity? Be honest with yourself to addictions, to self, to alcoholism, to pride, to arrogance, whatever it may be. This is the thing. The Lord can break it. Those, did you notice how it said they, they put Paul and Silas in the inner prison? I need you to hear this. Some of you right now feel like you were stuck in the inner prison. You were in bondage, but you kept going in that direction. Now you feel like you are going to be stuck for eternity. Your jail sentence is forever. I need you to hear this. When Jesus was on the cross, right, he's there, and he's talking to the Father, and he's, he's, he's absorbing the sins. Did y'all know that's what happened on the cross? Your sin was put there with Jesus. And that's why Galatians 5.24 says you can, now, you can now put your desires and passions on the cross where Jesus died. And so Jesus is here, and he's, he's taking it in, and, and he says something. He says, tetelestai. Who knows what tetelestai means? <laughs> it is finished. And in that moment, his spirit left his body and he went into what they call the grave. And there he conquered hell, he conquered sin, he conquered death, and the grave. Some of you may feel like you were stuck in the inner prison, but can I tell you that's what Jesus died for? When Jesus died, he destroyed the inner prison so that you could be free at any moment. Scripture, Colossians uh, chapter, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, Now in Christ Jesus. We have all been brought near. I need some of y'all to hear this because some of y'all are in an inner prison. You don't know how to get out. You think there is no way to get out of the lifestyle that you are in. But when you worship, God works and wars upon our behalf when we worship. Verses 30 through 32 tells us this true Worship leads to witness. Some of you were asking me, Pastor Josiah, I don't, feel I don't feel comfortable witnessing. Well, that's because you're not living a life as a worshiper. People notice a lifestyle of worship. When you set the standard and you set the atmosphere wherever you go, it causes people to ask questions. The way you live your life can be your witness. Some of y'all are so worrying about the right thing to say, and I'm worried about you doing the right things. When everything in your life points to Jesus and people can see the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Y'all, I don't care how much scripture you, can, you know. I don't care how much scripture you can quote. Where's the fruit? It's one thing to stand and condemn based upon the scriptures. It's another thing for people to see the fruit in your life. It opened doors for witness about what Jesus has done and the work he has done in our lives. We do not worship him for what he can do or what he does do. We worship him because he is the only one who is worthy of all the praise, the glory and the honor and forever and ever. Amen. But this, we're, we're about to get to a point that I need y'all, I need y'all to see. This is where it comes down to this. This whole thing has been for this point because I'm, I've been I've been praying y'all last night. I just I, I don't know. I don't know how much y'all can handle about this stuff. Um, I, I think I should tell you because I, th- I think it's going to play into w- what I'm feeling in my spirit. So in, in this sanctuary here, close your eyes with me because I just this isn't even about me. I just need you to understand some things in the spiritual realm. Um, my custom is to come in here by myself on Saturday nights and just picture yourself in here alone, that's what I want you to do, you are by yourself and so my custom is here to go through my sermon and let the Holy Spirit critique it and give me correction where it's needed in my sermons Um, and so I was in here and this sanctuary creaks, like it it creaks every once in a while, just that's an old building Um, but something weird started happening and I'm very sensitive to the, the supernatural realm and the room of the spirit, the Lord has given me my highest spiritual gift is discernment, um, and so I was in here and it didn't sound right. It sounded like someone was like <laughs> walking on the roof, and I'm like that that's not right. That's not how this usually happens. And um, I, I heard this like scratching noise above one of the lights. I'm like that's definitely not normal. And in the next moment, y'all, it sounded like something was trying to bust through the roof. Something was tearing, ripping. Y'all, I literally went outside to see if tiles were torn off the roof. It sounded like something was trying to break its way in here. And in that moment, the Spirit of God took over, and I started praying in the Spirit, but I started praying over you guys. Because if it's not allowed to get into this house, it's going to go after you guys. And so I started praying over this house that division would not come in this house, that chaos would not come in this house, that the enemy would not come after you guys. And in that moment, I started praying in the spirit specifically over you guys because you guys are going through some things, some seasons, some battles. And this is where we have to get today. So God, keep your eyes closed because we're going to go into a time of being introspective. God works and wages war on our behalf when we worship. That is how we fight our battles. In all seasons and situations, not worshiping him because what we can get from him. Because he may even lead us to the prisons. But worshiping him because of who he is, his worthiness. With your eyes closed, I want you to think because some of you in here are facing big battles. And I want you to bring these things to the forefront of your mind. I know oftentimes in church we say suppress it. I'm not telling you to suppress. I'm telling you to push forward into and, and the front of your minds. You're facing big battles, hard seasons, hard situations. But in this moment, I challenge you and I encourage you. Turn to him. Don't let life shift your perspective from him to the worries and woes. And in this moment, this moment now, this moment right now at 1157 a.m., I want you to think of all that is going on in your life. The battles, the challenges, the hardships, the strongholds, the crazy family members, those people in your workplace causing drama and disturbances in your life, the financial problems, the problems in your marriage, the problems with your kids. I want you to bring all these things to the forefront of your mind. You may feel overwhelmed for a moment, but now in this next moment, in this new moment, I want you to say new moment, In this new moment, take all those things that are in your mind, bring all of it before Him. Ask Him specifically to wage war on these things. Ask Him specifically to work on those things and worship Him for it and through it. You have not because you ask not. God is not a genie in a bottle, but He promises to work on the behalf of His children. It may not happen right away, but I'm telling you, he is working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. It's time to go to battle. The Lord of angel armies is with us and fighting for us. In this moment, it's time to battle.
1: Yeah.
0: weapons, come on, no matter how it looks, he's on your side, right? Come on, it may look, say it.
4: Awesome was that message today? I said, How awesome was that message today, church? I just keep hearing him say, Change, change is on the way, change is on the way. And we all know that with change creates a place of being uncomfortable. And we all got to get a little uncomfortable. I mean, by God, it's past 12 o'clock, and some of you are really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> but, guys, one thing I do know is when a woman is pregnant, she goes through different stages in her life. She goes from that glowing stage to that waddle stage to that I can't breathe stage to all of a sudden she's in that labor room telling you to shut up and just grab on because something good is about to come out. I'm here to tell you something right now, church. We're in that stage. It's time to get us to get in that waddle stage. It's time to start getting uncomfortable because God is about to do something yes. great in this church. He's trying to push something out, so you got to push on. you got to grab on and just keep pushing and keep pushing and let God have his way. Yes. Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, the one thing he kept saying was they praised their way through. For those foundations to shake, for those gates to open, they praised their way through. They prayed and they praised they prayed and they praised and sometimes we want to pray for a minute and expect a breakthrough i remember when i was growing up people would be at that altar for hours and hours and hours and hours wanting a breakthrough and the church would just keep going and the pianists would keep playing for hours and hours and hours because they believed for a breakthrough i thank god that my grandmother always believed for a breakthrough for me because she wouldn't stop praying She wouldn't stop believing. I look back now and I said, that woman knew what she was doing. I thought she was crazy, but she wasn't crazy. She was believing for a breakthrough. What you put in, it's always been told, what you'll get out is what you put in. I'm here to tell you, what you put in with God, you can't comprehend what he's going to do for you. You can't comprehend what he's going to do for this church. So people, pray, praise, pray, praise, pray, praise. you looking for a breakthrough, pray your way through it. Praise your way through it. Dear Jesus, I just wanna thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you for what you are doing in this house. God, I wanna thank you that you are such an awesome God. God, you're so good, you're so gracious. We don't even deserve the grace that you bestow upon us, oh God, but thank you anyway. God, thank you for saving the old wretch like me. God, thank you for reaching down to those who's been lost that you just pulled them out of the mud. God, thank you for our pastor. God, thank you for a man of vision a man of integrity, a man who's not ashamed to bring forth the Word. God, I pray that that Word today has landed on a good soil and on a good ground, that it didn't just go in one ear and out the other. God, I want to thank you that you are bestowing in him a new season, Father God, that's helping us take this church to a new level. So God, I pray and ask that we as a church will jump on that bandwagon with him and we will help pray and praise our way through to that next level. Because God I know that you're up to something good I know that you're up to something good and we may have to get uncomfortable at times but Father God with uncomfort produces growth so God I want to thank you for what you're doing what you're about to do now Father God bless this church God bless them beyond their wildest dreams Father God and I'm not just talking about financially but God I pray and ask that every person that they come in contact with will be blessed because they see the spiritual residue of the Holy Spirit upon their lives I pray and ask that whomever they come in contact with, they shall be blessed. I I pray and ask that people see them, they want to know what the difference is about them, and they follow them to church because your glory is shining through them. Father, let our lives be a living testimony of what you're doing. Father God, I pray and ask that these people in their house today, if they've got lost loved ones in their house, if they've got lost children, if they've got lost grandchildren, God, we call them home. We're calling them home, Father God. We call things not as though they were, Father God. We're asking and you say we shall receive. So, Father God, we ask and we receive, Father God, that salvation. Father, I pray that these doors right here will not be able to contain the people that come that want to hear the true gospel. So, God, bless this church indeed. Enlarge our territories. Keep your hand of protection about us. God, keep us from evil that harm us not. And let everything, let every single thing that we do, Father God, let every step we take, let every breath that comes out of our mouth, let it give you nothing but praise, glory, and honor. And the church said, amen.
2: Amen and amen. Thank you guys for being with us today. Pastor Betty, is there food in the outreach? There's food in the outreach. Please. If you are praying for something specific and you want me to know about it, please let me know. I want to join you in prayer. We love you guys. Y'all have a fantastic day.